welcome to This Week in Sports. Here's your host, The Pody. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 37 of This Week in Sports. It is Friday, February 1st. 2019. And boy, do we have a lot to get into. This has been an absolutely crazy week in the sports world. We're going to try to get through this in about an hour or so. We'll get through it kind of like we're going to brace ourselves and get through this cold weather that we're experiencing, this polar vortex that has us all running to our to our beds to get under the covers. It has just been absolutely frigid. I hope everybody stays warm, has shelter, can get in place, get under the covers, maybe start a fire, nice fireplace. It has been extremely cold. There have been deaths throughout the country. Chicago has been in the negatives. I mean, it's been crazy. But listen, this is a sports show. We're going to talk all the big topics in the sports world. And on a week where this is supposed to be about the Super Bowl, we are now 48 hours or so away from Super Bowl 53 between the Rams and Patriots. And we have had nothing but NBA headlines for the past week. There have been a lot of of rumblings going on in the NBA, none greater than last night. But before I jump in here and dive in and get the episode started, I do want to make a quick announcement. My show, this show, This Week in Sports, I am excited to announce that we are now on two more platforms that you can listen to. So if you don't have an iPhone and you don't have the Apple Podcasts app or iTunes, and if you don't like to listen on Spotify, or if you want to change it up and check out another cool app or two, you can check us out officially now on a platform called Podbean, okay? I, b- I believe they have an application. They also have a website that you can go to on the computer to check us out there. And then, of course, the big one is TuneIn Radio. And I believe this brings us up to 12 platforms now. I don't know exactly how many there are, but I think that covers pretty much all of them. We are on just about every single podcasting platform And obviously, you know, if you like this show, you can catch me giving my sports minute over on the glorious House of Gains podcast. We just had episode 44 this week, and then my man Robert Frank 615 dropped his own episode today. So that was a quick uh, 40 minute or so episode, episode number 45. And then we'll be back, of course, on Wednesday for episode 46. So if you like this show or you're catching me for the first time because you heard me giving my sports minute over on Glorious House of Gains, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Yes, okay, finally, all the house cleaning out of the way. I hope you guys enjoyed that new intro. I just created that um, a little while ago, actually, messing around in GarageBand. So, hey, give me a... Give me a shout on uh, Twitter, IG. You can catch me on Twitter at Anthony underscore M-U-L-D. That's my last name for short. Or on IG at little, L-I-T-T-L-E, A-Bird, A-B-I-R-D, underscore zero nine. And quick thing about the Twitter sphere, I am actually thinking about changing my handle, my Twitter handle. 
Um, for a long time, I've always gone by the the Little Laybird 09 thing, and Twitter, that was never available. Well, I was recently checking this week, and I believe that was available. There's some other things that are available, something like the Pody maybe with some numbers after it. I don't know. But hit me up on Twitter or IG. Give me, um, give me your thoughts. Let me know what you guys think I should do for Twitter. Should I change my Twitter handle? Should I keep it? Should I change both? What should I do? I- I'm a mess here. I don't know what to do. But anyway, all right. Now, now we can, I believe I've covered everything. Now we can jump right in. We'll get right to it. And I'm going to switch it up a little bit today because we are going to talk mostly about the NBA because there are some really, really intriguing headlines to get to. We had All-Star Game, Reserves, the Rising Stars game. I just, the trades, you all know what happened last night, okay? There was a bomb dropped in the NBA. I don't want to give it away too soon, but we will get to it. There's some other things going on. Anthony Davis wants a trade. Roger Goodell finally spoke about the missed call in the NFC Championship game. I'm super excited. Let's get the show on the road. Let's do this thing. And like I said, we are starting in the NFL, and we will start with some sad news, really. And when I say sad, I don't mean anybody died. I just mean pathetic. This is an NFL player we're talking about, and that would be Lions linebacker Trevor Bates. He was arrested, and then he decided to punch a police officer in the face it just snowballed. It got worse. But the the bottom line is, has anybody even ever heard of this guy? No. Why? Because he's 25 years old and he played at Maine. He's a nobody. He's lucky he was even drafted, which happened to be in 2016 by the Colts. And he's already had stops in New England and New York before landing with the Lions. So obviously, he's not a superstar player. He's not even a relevant player. And this guy was arrested for, get this, for not paying a $38-$40 Uber fare or cab fare in good old New York City. You're an NFL player. Even if you're on the practice squad, you're making close to $100,000 and you can't even and he's not on the practice squad mind you that I'm aware of. He's probably switched between active roster and whatnot, but he's played in some games because he did appear in nine games this season, recorded just three tackles. So this dude is not short up on some cash. Okay. He's got plenty of green stacks coming his way and he can't pay a 40 freaking dollar cab fare. I mean, this is pathetic on every single level. So not only does he get arrested for not paying that fare, Okay, then he became extremely agitated, was not cooperating and decides to punch an officer in the face. So needless to say, yeah, this guy's career is probably over already a nobody. And now he has this blemish on his record. How are you ever going to convince an NFL team that you're worthy of a place on their 53 man roster, let alone the Lions, who I don't have anything on what has come of this yet. I don't know if the Lions have cut him. I assume that they will because this is not tolerable. This is just wrong on every single level. Uh, all right, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Next up, we had the Pro Bowl. I didn't even mention that a few minutes ago, but the Pro Bowl occurred because obviously two weeks um, in between the championship game round and the Super Bowl, which is this weekend on Sunday. So we had the Pro Bowl to kind of hold us over. It was obviously a disaster 
Once again, I tuned in for maybe 10 to 15 minutes, and I saw Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara playing defensive end and rushing the passer. It was a joke, an absolute joke. The AFC ends up winning this one 26-7. to Um... The, the headline in this one was actually Cam Jordan. Pretty funny. He showed up to the Pro Bowl. Obviously, big-time Saints defensive end edge rusher showed up to the Pro Bowl now that his Saints were eliminated from Super Bowl. He shows up to the Pro Bowl, and he's wearing a shirt that says, Blow whistles, not games, and make calls, not apologies. So, obviously, that's a shot at Roger Goodell, the officials for missing that call, and the NFL. So that was that was uh, pr- pretty funny uh, uh, on his part. And then, of course, I said AFC won this 26-7. It was a sloppy, rainy game in, in Florida there. Um, cool, cool bit of news here. My boy, uh, Jamal Adams of, of the New York Jets, that's my team. He was named defensive MVP. He had an interception in this game. And then Patrick Mahomes threw for like 150 yards, a touchdown to Eric Ebron. He was the offensive MVP. And then Jason Witten went to hand them the trophy for MVP, and he goes to pick it up, and it completely breaks off the base of the trophy. I mean, completely just it was quite funny you have to see there's no I don't know if I have the I don't have the video but if you see Jamal Adams reaction his eyes and mouth just light just go big and he's like oh my god you just broke my trophy it it was quite hysterical um of course not Jason Witten's fault somebody's got to secure the damn trophy and put it together properly okay so that was the Pro Bowl that was kind of you know the weekend's news and football there And then leading up to this Super Bowl now, we have basically a media circus where the media will be talking to the players throughout the entire week. There was a lot, there was the send-off tour where each team went in front of their stadiums or or in front of the city, the fans, and they they basically turned it up, got different players and coaches got on microphones and and said, you know, Sean McVay is talking about how we're going to get this last check. And you had, you know, guys on both teams just trying to amp up the crowd, say they're going to go win the Super Bowl, right? Well, Tom Brady was interviewed in a one-on-one with Jeff ESPN's Jeff Darlington. And basically, he's asked if, he, if there's any chance that he is going to retire after the Super Bowl on Sunday. And this is what Tom Brady had to say. Let's just talk quickly about mortality, age, you have the chance to do something that nobody has ever done at 41 years old. Is there any chance that this is your last game? Zero. <laughs> zero. Say it. I don't want to just say There's it. zero, yeah. Okay. So there you have it. He goes on to say, Tom Brady does, that there is absolutely no chance he will retire. He has said it in the past. This is according to him, the rest of this interview. He says he has wanted to play until he is 45 years old. That's 45 years old. So I think he can do it. I believe he will do it unless he suffers a major injury in the coming seasons. Tom Brady is probably... he. What is there been a drop off? I mean, he gets rid of the ball in about two seconds. He is unbelievable still to this day. He he demands a lot of his teammates, his work ethic, his diet is unlike any other, and he loves the game of football. 
So, yeah, it sucks as a Jets fan, but I'm going to have to witness the Patriots in the Super Bowl for another couple of years or competing for a Super Bowl for another couple of years. So there you have it. No chance Tom Brady retires. I think there is a prop bet that's out there that for Gronk retiring after the Super Bowl and Brady retiring after the Super Bowl. Whatever you do, do not take the bet on Tom Brady to retire after the Super Bowl because he just said it. There is zero chance that he retires after the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, Sean McVay, he, this, is, this is pretty cool and interesting. We all know how good of a coach Bill Belichick is, obviously. But Sean McVay, this is only his second year. He's 33 years old now. And he was, he was telling the media that he got to know Bill Belichick at the pre-draft scouting combine last year in 2018. And then si- since that point, I guess he developed a little bit of a bond sort of with Bill Belichick that he said pretty much after every single game this season, Belichick has texted McVay. And just, you know, giving him high praise for his his team and what the Rams have done this season. So that's that's pretty cool, I'm sure, for McVay to get that kind of respect and admiration from a guy like Bill Belichick. I'm sure Belichick didn't think that he would be facing McVay in the Super Bowl when he was texting him throughout the season. But and then this is another this is another um uh interesting one. So we all know that Josh Gordon a few weeks ago he left the team, all the substance abuse problems. He's in rehab now. Well, I did not know this. I'm sure all of you listening did, were not aware of this, but the Patriots have quietly, very quietly, really under the radar, been paying for Josh Gordon's rehab. So he's been at an inpatient facility where he stays there in Gainesville, Florida. However, he is allowed to leave. I don't know if if he's if he's leaving for the weekends or if he's leaving throughout the day but people have seen him working out at local gyms and, and such and just training and whatnot so stay staying up on his work ethic and training for for football cuz he does plan to come back so because of that that nugget there the patriots are working with the NFL and NFL players association to help him treat his addiction, which is, a re- it's, it is, it's awesome. It's really cool. When I first heard this, that Gordon was done again on another team, I said, here we go again. This guy has had every single opportunity and he can't get it right. Get rid of him. There's no need for him in this league. He's a waste of a talent, a superstar talent. But listen, he clearly has an abuse problem and it's kudos to the Patriots for helping him. He admitted that he's got the problem. He decided, listen, I'm going to forego the season on a team that has a chance to go to the Super Bowl, which they are in now, and I need to go get some help. And the Patriots said, as your employer, we're going to help you do it because we think you have a future on this team. And with that being said, if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, they are going to give Josh Gordon a Super Bowl ring. So that's pretty cool. And they are hoping and, and praying, essentially, that they will have Josh Gordon back next season. Okay, so we all know there's been talk about Gronk. I just said it. Will he retire after this season? He's been a shell of himself, right? Not the same guy, yada, yada. Doesn't have the double-digit touchdowns or the 1,000-yard season like we're used to seeing from Gronk, setting all these these tight end records. Um, really exploded out of nowhere 
for the Patriots as a big-time threat, big-time tight end. He really redefined what that position is, and he hasn't been anything close to that this season. But Aqib Tlaib, uh, cornerback, obviously, DB on the Rams, who played with Gronk in the 2012-2013 season, I believe. He is not buying it one bit. He was asked about the drop-off from Gronk, and he said that, He doesn't buy into that notion. He thinks that the media has stirred that pot and really pushed that narrative because he said he's really watched the tape closely ahead of this Super Bowl and played with Gronk, and he doesn't seem to see a drop-off. So if anybody would know, it's Aqib Tlaib because not only did he play with Gronk, but he's about to face him in the Super Bowl, so you know he's studying his behind off and watching the film and watching the film and hours and hours and hours. So if Aqib Tlaib thinks that Gronk hasn't lost a step, that could be a factor. Of course, Gronk looked really good at the tail end of that Chiefs game, and he played really well throughout, had a couple of really big receptions that helped move this team into the Super Bowl, and he's a big red zone target, so watch out. Aqib Tlaib is not buying into that notion. Okay, I speaking of the Chiefs, this is a great little segue. I didn't even mean to do this, but they lost in the AFC Championship game. I'm sure they don't want me to rub it in, but it's a little painful. The Chiefs owe about a million dollars in back taxes. How did we get to this point? Let me explain. About a decade ago, so 10 years ago or so, Arrowhead Stadium, they underwent about $375 million worth of renovations. Now, two-thirds of that funding was by the taxpayers in, of course, where uh, Jackson County, Missouri, where the stadium, where, where Arrowhead is. Well, a state panel has just ruled that the Chiefs still have not paid what they owe. So they're now on the hook for about $930,000 in back taxes plus interest. I mean, I assume the owner of the Chiefs will have to pay this. So a little messy there. I don't know what happened or how they missed this or didn't pay it, but it's less than a mil. It's nothing for the Chiefs. Just pay it and move on. But it's it's kind of a bad look for a team that just ha- finished up a really tough end, end to their season. Okay, here it is, the big one. Do we have some suspense music here? Let's see. Which one do I want? I've got to pick the right one. Uh, not really what I was going for, but Roger Goodell, it has finally happened. It took 10 freaking days for this pompous, bleeping, you-know-what, to finally speak on the missed pass interference call two weeks ago that cost the Saints a Super Bowl berth. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to play you a clip of Roger Goodell speaking in front of the media. When was this? This was either Tuesday. This was earlier in the week. It doesn't even matter. Just take a listen to what this moron had to say to the world. Officiating is part of any kind of discussion post-game. It's never a good outcome for us. Uh, We know that. Our clubs know that. Our officials know that. Uh, But we also know our officials are human. 
We also know that they're officiating a game that moves very quickly and have to make snap decisions under difficult circumstances. And they're not going to get it right every time. As I say, they're human. Uh, we have worked very hard to bring technology in to try to make sure we could do whatever's possible to address those issues. Um, but technology is not going to solve all those issues. The game is not officiated by robots. It's not, it's not going to be. Are you kidding me right now? This is unbelievable. The game is not officiated by robots. Officials are human. Oh, gee, let me give a clap for that. Oh, my God. He just said something otherworldly that we didn't even know. Really? Oh, oh, yeah, the game. Yes, I know the game is officiated by humans, you doofus. Of course it is. But what are you? This is this is 10 days too too long for a response. And then for it to be have been 10 days, he had 10 days to think about what he was going to say to us, to the world, to the fans, to the people that pay to watch this sacred game that is football. He makes $40 million a year. And then he goes up there and has the goal and the absolute cojones to stand there and give us this political, this, this, this piece of crap, this is what he spewed out of his mouth. He's so full of you-know-what that his eyes are brown. I mean, come on. This was 10 days too late, and it's pathetic. I'm not buying it for a second. He also said, I don't even think I had in that clip, what he said was early on in, 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 this, in, this, um, in this interview or, or in this media session, when he was asked about this, he said that, he spoke with Sean Payton, the team, and the players. He says this. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? My man, Michael Thomas, wide receiver of the New Orleans Saints, put out a nice little one-line tweet that said, he ain't talked to us. Oh, really, Michael Thomas? That's interesting. Because if he didn't talk to you, that means that that pompous little you-know-what just stood up there in front of America and lied to our faces and expected us. Well, actually, he didn't expect anything of us because he doesn't care what we think. That is the problem with the position that Roger Goodell holds. He has all the cards. He has all the power. We can do nothing. He's lining the owner's pockets with millions and billions of dollars, and he's lining his own pockets with billions of dollars, and we can't do a damn thing about it because we're going to continue to watch the game of football no matter what because there is nothing else from September to the first week of February really that is going to compete with it. There's absolutely no other sport that will compete with it. it. That's plain and simply what it is. And he wants to take all the credit for brokering all these TV deals and shifting with the age of technology to the streaming services and, oh, the Amazon streaming and how you can watch the games on Twitter and Yahoo Sports app and yada, yada, yada. Are you kidding me? The National Football League is the most lucrative business in all of sports. And you're going to tell me that Roger Goodell is such an innovator and he did such a good job going out and brokering these TV deals? Don LaGreca said it best on the Michael K. Show when he said that 
He could have gone out and made those deals with those TV networks and streaming services. I could have done it. You could have done it. Anybody could have done it because guess what? He wasn't going out and making those calls. Every major network, CBS, NBC, Fox, ESPN, they all were coming to him. Amazon's, Twitter's, Yahoo's, they're all coming to him, okay? He ain't going to them. They're begging him to take their money so that they could get some of these rights to stream these games and to to broadcast these games. So that is an absolute joke. Give me a break. Roger Goodell is a cancer to the NFL, and the owners need to wake up and smell the coffee. And realize it's not all about the money, it's about the fans. The greatest people in this world is the fans. They're the ones that come out and watch your teams every single weekend. They bleed sweat and tears, blood, sweat, and tears for this team. I've been a Jet fan for 26 years, okay? And I have yet to see them go to a Super Bowl, let alone win one. I had two heartbreaking years in a row, but guess what? Every single weekend, I'm wearing my gangrene, and I am watching every single game, okay? I love my New York Jets, and I love NFL football. I love playing fantasy with my friends every year, but it is a joke. It is a disgrace that this guy continues to be at the top. And Benjamin Watson, he tweeted... A very, he's one of the most respected players in the NFL, and he tweeted an absolutely great, great uh, note, basically, a blurb about a letter, essentially, to Roger Goodell. I might have talked about it last week. I can't remember, but it was phenomenal. It was fantastic. One of the most respected players in the NFL and said his position is supposed to be held to a higher standard. He is the top, the echelon of the NFL, and for him to sit back and say nothing is absurd. It's absurd. I liken it to, let's see how I can put this, okay? It's when you have an owner... Um, So, okay, say you have Robert Kraft, right? This is as if Robert Kraft, owner of the Patriots, when Aaron Hernandez is convicted of murder and being accused of this, that whole disgusting mess that took place, that would be the same thing as if Robert, this would be the same thing as if when that happened, if Robert Kraft, as the owner of the team, sat back and did nothing and said absolutely nothing for 10 days and then went up there and said, oh yeah, this is a, a really terrible thing, but um, we're going to look into it and, and see what we could do to make this better and ensure that this doesn't happen ever again. And yeah, um, uh, I'll talk to you guys later when I know more or whatever. I mean, it was so pathetically political, his answer. It gave us no real, it gave us no real depth, no real insight, no real... N- There's a need to innovate, okay, and there's a need to move forward. For him to just say, "Oh yeah, we'll look at the technology and and we'll convene and we'll figure out if they're not." Please, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it for a single second, not one iota, okay. But anyway, I've spent too much time on this matter, and I just cannot believe that he went up there and expected us to believe that BS that he was spewing from his mouth. Ten days late. Many dollars short and a whole lot of lies. Next up, Andrew Whitworth, my man Wit. I keep saying everyone's my man. Obviously, they're not, but it sounds cool when I say it. Andrew Whitworth has obviously offensive linemen. Excuse me, let me back up. More obscure 
fans out there that might not necessarily know everything about football as my I do myself. Andrew Whitworth is an offensive lineman for the LA Rams, who are obviously in the Super Bowl, one of the most respected players in the NFL, been around a long time, played many, many years in Cincinnati, and he is winding down to the tail end of his career. This could be it. If he wins a Super Bowl, very likely that he retires, in my opinion. But anyway, he has won the Allen Page Award. The NFL Players Association announced him as the winner of the 2019 Allen Page Community Award. That's the key here. So this award goes to the player who demonstrates a profound dedication to positively impacting his team's city and communities. So that's really cool there. And so the NFL Players Association is going to donate $100,000 to Andrew Whitworth's foundation, which is called the Big Wit 77 Foundation. Obviously not to get confused with like Jason Witten or anything. This is Andrew Whitworth. Okay. Now, this was a bit of breaking news earlier, but Julius Peppers has announced his retirement after 17 long seasons. That's a whole lot of NFL playing time. And he is most certainly going to probably be a Hall of Famer at that. So um, I do want to play, there was a cool little clip here that um, I guess, I don't know if the Panthers put this out or he put this out, but you know, it, it's pretty cool. He had a state, he, he made a statement. Um, again, Julius Peppers, if you're not a huge NFL fan, he obviously played 17 years in the NFL, but he was the number two overall pick way back in 2002. Uh, I don't know if if you if some of you were born uh, weren't even born then, but yes, 2002, Julius Peppers, and he is now the last player, excuse me, to retire from that class. So from the 2002 class of NFL players, there are over 150 players drafted in the NFL draft each year, and he is the last remaining player from the 2002 draft. So, yeah, that's a big-time career. So here it is. Take a listen. This was cool. It's it's pretty short, but... No regrets, no looking back, and nothing left to get. It's not goodbye. It's kind of like I'll see you later. But until then, I'm grateful, I'm satisfied, and at peace with all that comes next. Yeah, so there you have it. That's pretty cool. Just saying goodbye to the fans. He was the 2002 Rookie of the Year and a nine-time Pro Bowler. Like I said, most likely a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame. He was a, this is how good he was, three-time first-team All-Pro and three-time second-team All-Pro. That's, I mean, that's high praise right there for a guy that has played this long. And in a career that spans 17 years, get this, Peppers missed just six games of a possible 272 regular season game. That's, I mean, that's just unbelievable. That just shows you his durability and how good he really was. Finishes his career with 159 and a half sacks, Fourth most all-time, so yeah, shoo-in for the Hall of Fame. 82 pass breakups, 52 forced fumbles, unreal, 21 fumble recoveries, 21! That's absurd! 
11, okay, 11 interceptions, 11, and he's an edge rusher. I mean, that's absurd too. That's unreal. Six defensive touchdowns. That's, that's a decent amount. And 724 total tackles. So what a career it was for Julius Peppers. Would have loved to see him in a Jet uniform. But uh, no, he had a great career, and so he is calling it quits. Okay, let's move right along. That is going to do it for our NFL. Obviously, that's the end of the news portion. So we have the Patriots and the Rams in Super Bowl 53. And I'm pretty sure I've given you my predictions I love me some prop bets. There's some good ones out there. I've bet on the heads or tails. I'm going to bet on the Patriots at uh, minus two and a half. I'm got, I've got to lock that in soon because a lot of people are throwing money on the Pats, I believe. So I think this spread is going to push to three, and I really don't want to get it at three. Two and a half is just perfect because I do expect this game to be close. I like the over two powerful high-scoring teams. Let's hope that there could be some more magic and they hit that 57 which I believe is the over-under right now. And listen, I could sit here and rattle off the prop bets and whatnot, but there are over, I believe, 50 different bets that you can make. There might there, there might even be more in the hundreds. I, I, I could be wrong, but um, there are so many different things that you could possibly bet on for this game. The national anthem, the length of it, the color of the Gatorade that they pour on the winning coach, who's going to be the MVP, uh, who's going to score the first, just Every little thing you could possibly think of. And it makes, I'm not saying to go out there and throw stacks on stacks on stacks on this game. Well, if you want to do that, you can as well. But just to throw 20 bucks here, 20 bucks on this, 20 bucks on that, it's fun. It makes the game more interesting. And it really, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a good time. Um, Super Bowl is, is probably the best sporting event of the year. And I look forward to it once again. All right, so that'll do it for our NFL segment. We can move on to the NBA, which is, again, this is going to be the biggest. These are the biggest headlines of the week. So let's start with the Woj bomb that was dropped at the beginning of this week, and that has to do with Anthony Davis of the New Orleans Pelicans. He's been out about two weeks now with a sprained finger, and apparently, according to... Adrian Wojnarowski, this is through his agent, okay, that Anthony Davis has no intention of signing long-term with the Pelicans, and he wants a trade right now. So Anthony Davis, let's back up for a second, he's eligible to sign a completely max, super max, excuse me, not even max, it's a super max, five-year, $240 million deal. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. I mean, we thought that baseball players made a crap ton of money, but this is just absurd. So he doesn't want to stick around in New Orleans and stay there for the rebuild. Basically, he wants to go with his buddy LeBron James because they have the same agent in Rich Paul. That's the bottom line. That's what it comes down to. And the Pelicans now are stuck between a rock and a hard place. Why? Because they must either trade him or risk losing him to free agency. Now, it it gets messy because they can get a lot in return for him, but here's the problem. If they trade him to the Lakers, they're going to ask for a whole lot, and 
do they really want that mess of players on the Lakers, right? Next, they could trade him to Boston. But here's the thing. The Sixers are in the mix a little bit, but not really. And some other teams, there could be a dark horse team. But it's really between the Celtics, the Lakers, and the Knicks, which I'll get more into the Knicks later. But the Lakers are the preferred destination. That's where he wants to go. LeBron wants him there. It's been made public, okay? We, we heard the rumors a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, they, they floated the rumors already. They were out there. And now they're starting to heat up. Okay, so the Celtics, right? Let's talk about them for a second. They have Kyrie Irving. Because of the way that his contract is right now, they can't have two Supermax guys or whatever the case may be. They have to wait till the summer. So uh, July 31st, when they will re-sign Kyrie, then they could make a trade for Anthony Davis. Now, if the Celtics were to do that, and if the Pelicans hold off, that's when they can get the most in return for him, because not only can they then trade him to the Celtics, the Celtics have way more young, uh, bright stars on that team than the Lakers do. Everybody on the Lakers is a, is a, really an unknown and a, a work in progress. The Lonzo Balls, the Kuzmas, the uh, the Picks, the draft picks, the whatever else they throw in, right? But with the Celtics, you have guys like Terry Rozier. You have a Jason Tatum, which I I would have to imagine the Pelicans would demand in return. They've got their picks. I mean, there's a slew of players that the Celtics have that they could that they could um, trade away and get Anthony Davis, pair him with Ky, uh, Kyrie Irving, and they would still be a very even way better team than they are now. So that's that. And then. You have the Knicks, right? So if they were to trade Anthony Davis right now to the Knicks, which it's probably out the window for reasons I'll get into, they it makes no sense for them to trade him to the Knicks right now because the Knicks are one of the three worst teams in the NBA, right? And they have a very solid chance at, very likely chance at that, at obtaining the number one overall pick, Okay which can turn into Zion Williamson. Here's the problem. If the Knicks trade, if they trade uh, Davis to the Knicks, well, the Knicks ain't a dumpster fire anymore. Well, they are, just not as badly. They're going to start winning games. So then that top three pick might become a top 10 pick because they're going to start winning some games with Anthony Davis once he returns. So that's the dilemma. That's why it makes zero sense for the Pelicans to trade him now. They can hold on to him and then really see where teams are at with where with the positions that everybody finishes with who has the number 1 pick who has this pick who has that well, okay can i really how'd you finish your season did the lakers uh were they that one superstar besides LeBron away from really competing? Do they really feel that they can win with Anthony Davis? Okay, if that's the case, then boom, let's trade even more. Let's fleece the Lakers for even more now. So that's that's the problem there. And so that was that was the big news. And here, let me uh I spoke about Rich Paul, his agent. He's also LeBron's agent, good friend with LeBron, grew up LeBron. Here is Charles Barkley talking about this Anthony Davis saga. We cannot have players and agents colluding to stack, to, to, to stack super teams. Adam Silver needs to say, Anthony Davis, we love you. You can't have players? We can't have players dictating who going to play together. But they, time out. 
So how did you so get to Houston? As a player. I got traded to Houston. So, but I'm saying as a player. You demanded that trade. No, I did. No, you, you're saying as a player. I don't like the fact. Another player couldn't say, man, I would love to play with you one day, man. Let's get the, if you, if you want to do it, I'm ready That's for it. That's not what they're doing right now, Kenny. They're stacking the team. The agents, uh, guys are sharing agents. They're stacking the team. That but ain't that, right. I completely agree with Charles Barkley on this. And this is all LeBron's fault. He started this. I've been saying it for years. The day he went to Miami and and went on television and did his whole The Decision, that was the day that super teams started. When he aligned himself with uh, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and went to finals after finals after finals, that was, the t- that was the day that super teams were created. And it's all thanks to LeBron. Then he goes back to Cleveland. Uh, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, now they're winning a championship. And then guess what? Kevin Durant's like, screw this, man. I'm leaving OKC. I want to be on my own super team. What does he do? He goes to the Warriors. Now they're a super team. This just started a whole saga, a whole ripple effect. And, oh, shocker, LeBron's in the middle of it again. LeBron can never make up his mind and never figure out what he wants to do. And now he's got his boys that he grew up with being uh, as agents and, and trying to collude. Uh, Charles Barkley played in this league. He knows what it's about. He knows exactly if anybody's going to talk on this, it's him. I mean, so for him to say that this is not right and that there I mean collusion by definition is wrong. It's some in many places it's illegal. That's basically insider trading. You're colluding with with people with insider information uh, to make gains on the stock market. Illegal. So the fact of the matter is they're colluding. They're shoving it right down our throats and and we have no say in the matter. There's nothing we can do. If LeBron wants Anthony Davis on his team, more than likely it's going to happen. I mean, yes, we've seen we've seen similar instances where probably a little collusion back when Chris Paul played for the Pelicans. Okay, they were the Charlotte Hornets at the time. I, uh, they might have been at, at that point anyway. And then he gets traded to the Lakers. Well, that's when uh, David Stern was the was the um, commissioner of the NBA. He came out and he blocked that trade. He physically blocked it because because it was bad. It really was. And it was obvious what was going on. And so ever since then, you know, Dell Demps, GM of the of the Pelicans, he he is not well liked. People don't think he's a very good general manager. And it's for things like this. So if he trades him to the Lakers, boy, oh boy, uh, I'm surely going to be going to be asking myself is it time for Dell Demps to leave and i think the rest of the pelicans organization is going to be asking themselves that too because to lose a superstar superstar talent that is anthony davis man oh man you better get something worthwhile in return that juice better be worth the squeeze let me tell you boy okay so that's charles opinion i happen to agree with it let's move on uh, Thon Maker of the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks, by the way, they won last night, beat the Raptors. That was a matchup of the one and two seeds in the East. They won. The Bucks have secured the best uh, record in the East, and so the through the All Star break. So Mike Budenholzer, who is the Bucks head coach, he will be headed to the All Star. Uh, he will be headed to the All Star team. His staff will be coaching that the all-star game. Okay. So Don Maker, uh, he wants out. 
They're the number one team in the East, and he wants a trade. Okay. I guess he uh, is taking suit from Anthony Davis. Well, actually, um, yeah, he averaged about 16.7 points per game last year, which I was surprised when I saw this stat because I didn't think he was he, he did that well last year. And by wa- from watching him this year and knowing his stats, I knew he was nothing like he was not very good. So that's what what threw me off a little bit. Did very well last year, but this year, obviously the Bucks have added some pieces and they're much improved from last year. He's only averaging a tick under 12 minutes per game and 4.7 points and just 2.7 rebounds per game. So I understand why he's frustrated and wants out, but man, doesn't winning solve a lot? Just stick around, man. You could be in the NBA Finals, then leave after this season. Next up, Taj Gibson of the Timberwolves was fined $25,000. He gave the ref the finger. He flipped him off. This was Friday night after, uh, actually, yeah, this was Friday night. Wow, I did my podcast last week Saturday, so I I definitely missed this. Uh, He was ejected in the third quarter of that game, and then, yeah, he flipped the bird, gave the ref the finger. He's lucky he, he didn't get suspended for this, not even a game, so very surprising. Oh man, the Grizzlies, they, they're having a bad week, right? So the rumor, there's rumors for a little while now that, well, obviously they're rebuilding, but there's rumors that Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol, their two best players, are on the trade market and they're going to be dealt by the February 7th trade deadline, at least one of them. Well, they blew a 25-point lead over the Nuggets, outscored 35-15 in the fourth quarter. Nuggets completed the 95-92 comeback win and to make matters worse, a few days later, last night or Wednesday, they lost again on a terrible, heartbreaking, in a terribly heartbreaking manner, up by two. The Timberwolves against the Timberwolves. It was ninety-five. It was ninety-seven, ninety-five. Grizzlies. As time is winding down. The Grizzly, uh, the T Wolves throw up a prayer, a three point shot. It caroms off the rim to the right baseline, out of bounds. Carl Anthony Towns runs after it. He's able to corral the board. He turns around and fades away, throws it off one foot, high arcing shot. Marcus Salt is there with a hand up, and he swishes it, completely nets it. I mean, unreal shot by Towns. Sends this game to overtime where the Timberwolves win that one as well. So bad, bad week for the Grizz. And yeah, they'll move on and they'll look to uh, to redeem themselves. They play tonight, I believe. Yeah, they're playing uh, at eight. Th- they're, oh, they're playing now. Excuse me. Um, they're in the third quarter right now. So yeah, they're looking to redeem themselves against the Char- uh, against Charlotte. Okay, so next up, got to talk about Lonzo Ball. Obviously, I mentioned the Lakers possibly making a trade to get the one and only Anthony Davis. Well, Lonzo Ball does not want to play in New Orleans for the Pelicans. Why? Well, think about it. They've got Alfred Payton and Drew Holiday, who are two point guards that are very formidable and quite frankly right now in their careers they are 100% better than 
Lonzo Ball is. That's the facts. So, sorry, Lonzo, but you have no say in the matter. And if Magic Johnson and the Lakers front office wants to trade you for Anthony Davis, they are going to do what they damn well please. You have no say in the matter. Okay? I can't wait. I, I almost want this to happen so badly because I want to know what that boob LeVar Ball is thinking and what he has to say. He's been very quiet this season, actually. Hasn't had much to... He has been behind the scenes, hasn't done much, said much, been in the headlines recently. So I would love, love, love to see what that man has to say. If his son gets traded to the New Orleans Pelicans, man, would that be something. And then... Get this, Anthony Davis was fined $50,000. Basically, the league fined him saying, bro, you basically leaked this that you want to be traded. And so they're like, oh, you know what? You can't do that. Here's a slap on the wrist. Here's a $50,000 fine. Well, guess what? I mentioned before, he's going to get a $240 million contract. Do you think $50,000 is going to mean anything to him? Absolutely not. It's a joke. It is. It's a slap on the wrist, and it's pathetic. The league needs to do more. How about this? When the players flip off the officials, when they push officials, when they do something that they shouldn't do, of something of this magnitude, why are you freaking... Why Why cap him at a $50,000 fine, right? Why not just say, you know what? That was egregious. You should not do that. You're basically telling everybody you will only play for the Lakers and you're leaking it. Why not fine him a million dollars? Because guess what? A million dollars, that one hurts. When he's going to be making 240, yeah, okay. In, In retrospect, not so much, but no. For a player, that amount of money would hurt. It would hurt to lose that. So why not fine him a million dollars, take that million dollars and make use of it. Do something with it. I mean, fifty thousand ain't gonna get you nothing. I mean, that's not even a scholarship for 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 somebody to attend a, a year of 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 college of a major university in this day and age. So come on, man, that's a joke. All right, here's the big news. I have been saving it for this moment. We are now forty nine, r- roughly fifty minutes in, and I gotta get moving. But the biggest news. The biggest news of this week, it happened yesterday afternoon about 3.30, and boy, did it happen quickly. If you blinked your eyes, you missed this. The Knicks, the New York Knickerbockers, they had a sit-down meeting with the one and only unicorn, Chris Stapps Porzingis, the quote-unquote, you can't see me, but I got air quotes in the air, future of this organization they're tanking right so that they can pair him with a zion williamson and then sign a max super max guy or a max guy like a kevin durant and then rebuild from there and make it into a contender a superstar team like the knicks once were with patrick ewing in those days when they were actually good and not a laughing stock well guess what they went this meeting ended it gets leaked that Chris Stapps, KP, doesn't like the direction that management is taking this taking this team. He doesn't like the future of this team, and he wants out, and he wants a trade. 
So it's like, okay, well, he has no say in the matter. He's been out all season on with the ACL tear. He hasn't played a single game. What, 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 what say does he have? He's, he's still going to be a restricted free agent, but the Knicks have all the power, right? Within, I'm talking about maybe an hour of that. Guess what? KP was traded. Can you freaking believe it, man? Uh, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Not only was he traded, he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. This was a seven-player trade. Take a deep breath, guys, and get ready. Pay attention. This was the trade. Seven players. So the Mavericks, they get KP, Porzingis, Courtney Lee, okay, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke. Four guys going to the Mavs. The Knicks get in return. Dennis Smith Jr., who, remember, I told you he was having some conflicts in, um, in, in Dallas. He wasn't getting the playing time he wanted now that Luka Doncic has taken over that role as their number one player. So no shock here that Dennis Smith Jr. is out. Wes Matthews and DeAndre Jordan all going to the Knicks. What is so funny and laughable is that the Knicks are just a dumpster fire of an organization. They're going to trade their best player, their 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 um their future of this organization the only thing that that Phil Jackson got right now granted he's very very injury prone we've seen it obviously but he is a good player he can develop into a great player if everything works itself out he could also be Yao Ming cuz he's 7 foot tall and the injuries and stuff but what's so laughable about this is Dennis Smith Jr., the, the Knicks took Frank Nilakina one spot before Dennis Smith Jr. They could have had Dennis Smith Jr. if they just drafted him. And now they traded KP for him. You can't make this up. This is so Browns-like. This is so Mets-like. I mean, this is, this is as bad as it gets. Now, did they get a decent haul in return? Absolutely. Dennis Smith Jr. is a solid guy. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is a beast in the paint. And Wes Matthews, make no mistake, Wes Matthews, he could shoot it. He's not bad. He's on Courtney Lee's level. And it makes them better right now. I don't know what this does for the future. But um, as part of this trade, excuse me, I forgot to mention, the Knicks, they also could receive a future first-round draft compensation from the Mavs. And, of course, they were shed, They had to shed the co- contracts of Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway. And they're not done. they got to get rid of Cantor to create, to create a little more cap space and salary space for this summer so that they can pursue two max contract free agents that's their only hope now is that they can get two guys like a Kyrie Irving Kawhi Leonard Kemba Walker or the big one Kevin Durant what makes this even more interesting is boy uh Kristaps Porzingis man yesterday he was lambasted he was seen as such a villain how dare him the goal and the fact that his brother is his agent saying, dictating to the Knicks how good he is. And Kristaps hasn't proven anything, right? Well, guess what? KP went on Twitter, not 
long after. He didn't even give the Knicks fans 24 hours. He posted a little gif of him dapping up his boy, Luka Doncic. They know each other very, very well from the European circuit. And for those of you that don't know what dapping up is, the Knicks played the Mavs on Wednesday night. And then the next day, yesterday, Thursday, KP got traded to the Mavs. Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if the uh, if the Knicks organization, you know, took Mark Cuban and and uh, and, and that front office of the Mavs out to a nice uh, uh, Peter Luger steakhouse for for before the game and uh, said, "Yo, uh, yeah, let's make a trade. Let's trade KP. We don't want him." Well, not only does he does he uh, tweet out this GIF and. Of him, basically, he's shaking hands, you know, clapping hands and hugging his boy Luka Doncic on the court before the game. So that's basically, you know, that's what a dap is. Then he goes on IG later at night, I believe, and he posts a cryptic little message with a black background and and white lettering that says, the truth will come out. So make no mistake about this. The Knicks did not... Go into this. Go into this meeting with KP. Him and KP and his brother say, "Listen, this this team is a joke. I don't like where the future is headed. I want out of here, and I want out of here now." Right? That's. I don't think that's necessarily what happened, because if that were the case, you're, you're going to tell me you're going to try to convince me that the Knicks said, "Okay, we got to trade him." The trade deadline's February seventh. They have six more days, or yesterday, seven more days to get a deal done. So you're telling me they went in panic mode and, and started calling up teams and started with, oh, we played the Mavs last night. Let's call them. You know, let's see, let's see if we can get the guy that we should have drafted a year ago. And said, hey, uh, we got KP. He wants out of here. Let's make a deal. No, this was in the works for a very, very long time. And it all started, the downhill struggle started with when KP at 19, 20, however old he was, decided to blow off Phil Jackson during those exit meetings two years ago. That was it. That's when he, he, he put it out there that he's better than everyone else. He's the face of this Nick organization. He's the future, not Phil Jackson, and he can dictate what goes on around him and around this team because he holds all the marbles and all the cards. And guess what? I think the Knicks, now that Phil Jackson is gone, are looking at this and saying, okay, you know what? We see the writing on the wall. He does not want to be here. We have our new head coach in David Fisdale. He went to Europe to meet this guy and sit down and talk with him. And now you've got KP, you know, spitting in his face by posting on on social media about because Fisdale said he wasn't running. And then KP said, oh, no, see, I'm running and I'm working hard and blah, blah, blah to get back and whatnot. It's just a complete and utter mess. So I really do believe that the Knicks had this in the works and KP's going to get a lot of the blame because yeah, he's an arrogant little little uh little girl if you will. I'd like to use some more vulgar language. Catch me on Glorious House of Games podcast, the Sports Minute and you can hear some of that more uh, raw emotion that I bring to the table if you know what I mean. But it looks like 
Again, don't be naive. Don't think that KP went into this meeting, said, I want trade. Boom. The Knicks called up the first team they thought of and said, let's make a trade. Boom. Here we have it. Trade. It doesn't work that quickly. I'm sorry. That does not, a seven-team deal, you think they, they worked out seven players in, in in a matter of minutes? This this literally, they went into the meeting, say, 2 o'clock, he leaves at 3, 3.30, boom, he's been traded. It's ridiculous. So I do believe that the Knicks orchestrated this whole thing from the very beginning, and they were working on this for a very long time. I know many Knicks fans, I know personally a few uh, some Knicks fans, and they cannot believe the the arrogance and the cockiness of KP to demand what he has been demanding as if he is some god. He has barely been in this league. Yes, he's shown us flashes, but he's injured more often than not. He's going to be coming off an ACL tear, and he's going to be he's, he's a cancer. He's a cancer to your team, so get rid of him. Get him out of here. And so... The Knicks had till the trade deadline to work something out, but they did it now because why? This was in the works for a very, very long time. And hold up. We do have a bit of breaking news revolving around Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Now that he has been traded to the Mavericks, I can confirm that KP will not play for the Mavs this year. Okay. Mavs fans are going to have to wait a little bit longer before KP makes his debut in Dallas blue and white. Of course, he is working his way back from that ACL tear. I really don't know what the hell he's doing that it has taken this long for him to get back. But I guess this this is if I don't want to jump the gun. My guess, Dallas is going to be cautious. They probably have to do their own physical, work some things out with team doctors, and they're not going anywhere this year. They're in a rebuild themselves. They're building for the future, pairing him with a 19-year-old Luka Doncic, Rookie of the Year candidate and likely winner. So they are in no rush to bring KP into the fold right now. So he will continue to rehab from his torn ACL, and that's that. And Mark Cuban is the one that broke that news. And quite frankly, it is a smart move, but I'm just glad I don't have to witness KP on a basketball court this year because I don't want to deal with that. I can't stand on myself. I'm not even a Knicks fan. I just can't believe how dirty he did that 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 team, that organization, that fan base. Everybody involved, just stop being a Knicks fan, please. You're, you're doing yourself uh, injustice. And now that you actually think, everybody's saying, well, Kevin Durant's agent, he is a longtime super fan of the Knicks, and he wants to one day aspire, he aspires to one day be the Knicks GM, so he's definitely going to come to the Knicks. Please, you think KP isn't isn't running around calling up his friends and saying, whatever you do, don't go to the Knicks. They're dysfunctional. They don't like their players, and they don't know how to win. Before I forget, here is Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny Smith talking about the Knicks post-trade and what they're going to have to do to really get better and move and move forward and move beyond this kp fiasco here it is they don't get the right to match guys i think they will well i mean at least one well Got one won't, well one won't help them one won't help them so they need two max guys well, to, to, to be compete, relevant to compete to be relevant in the eastern conference you're gonna need to 
There is no question about it. So unless one, unless, so, unless so, there is a truth so, that Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Leonard does not stand. One max guy and one really good guy and then a bunch of nice But it has to be it has to be the right one guy. I think they can get one. They have to, like you said. So this is how Knicks fans' minds operate, right? They're of the mindset now that, okay, KP's gone. We're going to get Kyrie Irving. He said he wants to come to the Knicks. We're going to get him. And then today, Kyrie said, well, Kyrie earlier in the year told season ticket holders that he envisions his number being retired in the rafters at Boston Gardens. And then today, he says he's going to do what's best for him. So he's kind of backtracking. And and maybe that means he's going to come to the Knicks with Kevin Durant. And if we don't get him, then we could get Kawhi Leonard or Kemba Walker. Pump the brakes. Charles Barkley said it best. Again, if they don't get this right, this is going to set this franchise back another 20 years. As bad as it is now, if they don't get this right, it's going to... And like he said, you have to get a superstar in Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving. You can't get a, you can't get a Kemba Walker and a Chris Middleton or you know one of these other nice pieces... Because, boy, that's that'll get you in the playoffs, but, boy, that will not get it. We saw what the Brooklyn Nets did with that trade with Boston for Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. It was a disaster, and Jason Terry. It was an absolute disaster. Set that franchise back, what, 10 years pretty much, and now the Nets are just finally getting past it. So they have got to be really holding their breath the Knicks and their fans. And it's, here's the thing. Some people are saying that the, there's no way the Knicks did not have this deal in the works and did not make this deal to trade away their best player if they didn't firmly believe that they were going to be able to get a superstar in free agency this summer. So I don't know if I believe that. Maybe they have an idea. Maybe there's been some talk that a Kevin Durant is 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 really considering the Knicks, but that's really all it is. And then, so uh, Scott Perry, the Knicks GM, he was on the Michael K show today, and gotta love it. Another political guy like freaking Roger Goodell. The Knicks are the worst, I tell you. They never can answer a straight question. They are just uh, up in the air, all over the place. Can't get a straight answer out of this guy. They tried to ask him if just all sorts of different questions, if they believe that they if they have an idea that one of these superstars is coming to the Knicks, if they could have if KP was all in and wanted to play for the Knicks, would they have still made this trade? This man wouldn't answer any questions. This was one of those things where his publicist tells him that, oh, yeah, uh, we you're booked on the Michael K show or contractually. He had to go on whatever it is. Yeah, you're on the Michael K show today at uh, what, five, six o'clock. And he goes on there not wanting to, but of course he has no, he has to, it's an obligation, part of his job. And he's asked, asked some tough questions and he knows how he's being perceived in the media. And he gives us half truths and doesn't want to go into hypotheticals, really doesn't answer any questions. So he didn't give us much. And now we're left to basically guess until July comes, until the summer comes, we have we, we don't know what's going to happen. Well, I'll take a guess. I'll take a stab at it. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Knicks are screwed. 
they aren't going to get the number one pick. They're going to end up getting the second or third pick, which top three, great. That's fine. Whatever. Top five, maybe. Now that they got these guys, they might start winning a few more games. Whatever it may be, they'll get a solid player in, in the top five. They're not going to get Zion, which I still don't think he's the number one player. I would take R.J. Barrett, side note. So then free agency is going to come in the summer. They've got all the cap space. They could sign two max guys. Well, guess what? My guess is they will get a guy like a Kemba Walker, all right? That's my guess. They'll get someone like him, and then I guarantee you they could get a guy like maybe a Chris Middleton or, you know, a nice addition. Chris Middleton, hey, he's solid. He's he's a role player. He is a all-star reserve, right? But I don't believe that that's going to be enough, and I don't think they're getting Kyrie Irving. I don't think they're going to get Kevin Durant, and I really, truly don't believe that they're going to get Kawhi Leonard. I just don't see this happening, and I think this just set the franchise back another decade. That's it. That's all I have to say about KP. That was the single most, single biggest storyline of the week, and it broke at 3.30 yesterday. Just wild. It's been a wild 24 hours. It's been a wild week in the NBA as a whole. So let's move on, and we'll talk All-Star Game. I already announced the starters who was uh, announced as the starting uh, players in the All-Star Game, and I can't speak. So here are the reserves announced yesterday as well. I don't know. Today, yesterday. Here it is. For the East, you have reserves that made the All-Star team. Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, Victor Oladipo, Kyle Lowry, Blake Griffin, Chris Middleton, who I just mentioned, and Nikola Vucevic. And then in the West, you have Damian Lillard, Klay Thompson, Russell Westbrook, excuse me, Anthony Davis, Jokic, Nikola Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, and LaMarcus Aldridge. Snubs. Oh my God, Luka Doncic. How hard was he snubbed? Very hard. Rudy Gobert was also really badly snubbed. Tobias Harris and Donovan Mitchell. Now, Rudy Gobert, he took it hard. He was asked about it in front of the media, and he started crying and had to walk away. Well, the couple players on the Warriors, no surprise, Draymond Green threw some shade at Gobert on Twitter, and he said, I guess I should cry too, because basically he's not going to Charlotte either. He wasn't selected. And then Andre Iguodala said, is he going to go cry in the car? Which I, I don't know that reference. I don't know what he's trying to say. But um, the reason Rudy Gobert was so upset not really because he was snubbed. It's the fact that he missed out on a $1 million bonus or an incentive of $1 million for making the All-Star team. And if he gets if he gets in for replacing, say a player gets injured from now until then, he doesn't get that bonus. So, um, yeah, that sucks. But what are you going to do? Gobert is a very good player, and he is former defensive player of the year, shot block leader, just dominant. Um, and then... Real quick, Adam Silver, he has added Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki to the, he's made an exception and added them to the All-Star Game rosters, which is a cool addition because these are two icons in the NBA. These guys have sculpted this league over the last decade. They are both finals MVPs 
and they're both at the tail ends of their careers. We know Dwayne Wade said this is his final year, so that's cool. He's going to go out on top, get to participate in the All-Star festivities and such. And then Dirk as well, unbelievable finals appearance, beating the Miami Heat and LeBron James. That was great back in 2011. And he's undecided. And he's really starting to, he's handed the reins over to, uh, for this team to, to Doncic now. So he probably it maybe sticks around for one more year because this was a, you know, down year for them. But that's cool. And basically what Adam Silver had to say was that Dirk and Wade embody the best of the NBA. Our all-star game is an ideal setting to salute these first-class NBA champs and finals MB- MVP. So that was cool. And then, of course... Well, not of course, because this just broke an hour ago or so. I mentioned Victor Oladipo was named to the All-Star team. Well, we know he's out for the season, so replacing him will be none other than my man, Brooklyn Nets point guard D'Angelo Russell. He will replace Oladipo as a starter. So D'Lo is having a really good season, really, really good. And he is the first Nets player to make the All-Star game since 2014 when Joe Johnson made it. That's how bad and inept the Nets have been over the years. Russell, obviously, this is his fourth year in the NBA, was the number two overall pick by the Lakers. They traded him to the Nets basically so they could go out and get Lonzo Ball. Well, how well has that worked out? Because D'Angelo Russell has been phenomenal for the Nets, absolutely phenomenal, and this has really been his breakout year, powering the Nets as of right now. They sit in the sixth seed, although they had a tough loss by three in San Antonio last last night. Would have been their first win in 15 years since the, uh, what was it, 2002, 2003 NBA Finals when they won game two, just sad. Nets cannot win in San Antonio, but... They are sitting in the sixth seed and will likely make the playoffs this year. First time in a long time. And he currently is leading. This is how good a year he's having. 19.6 points, 6.4 assists, and 1.2 steals per game, which leads leads the team. So there you have it. D'Angelo Russell replacing Victor Oladipo. And I'm sure that's not the last guy that will be replaced in the All-Star game. All right, next up we have the the, um, Mountain Dew Ice Rising Stars Challenge or game, whatever you want to call it. This is, God, what is this, the fifth year or so now that that they're having this game where they have the USA versus the world, and this will be February 15th at 9 p.m., and the USA team comprises will comprise of this is first this is rookies and sophomores so if you're old school like myself and you remember back when it was the rookies versus the sophomores they now do a uh rising stars USA versus world and it's a mix so we have USA we'll have Jarrett Allen Marvin Bagley the third Lonzo Ball John Collins De'Aaron Fox Jaron Jackson Jr., Kyle Kuzma, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, and Trey Young. And for the world team, these are players from other countries. You have OG Anunoby, DeAndre Ayton, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Rodion's Kurutz, Lorai Markinen, Josh Okogie, 
C.D. Osman, and Ben Simmons. Some of these names, Jesus, God. I know these players. I just cannot believe how hard the difficulty some of these first names are. And then, real quick, last night I I mentioned the Nets in San Antonio. Well, I don't know what it is with bats in San Antonio, but the Nets and Spurs game was delayed about two and a half minutes last night for, again, I said bats. And if you guys remember back to this whole saga. It's an easy one from DeWan Blair, and here's the bat. He's back. Yeah, remember that? 2009 when Manu Ginobili, there was a bat flying around the stadium and he just swung and knocked it out of the air. I don't know how these bats keep getting into the rafters, but the rest were trying with towels to knock these knock these bats down and then they went all the way to the top of the stadium and it delayed the game two and a half minutes. So that was kind of crazy thing that happened last night. And also last night, the big one was obviously the trade, but no, LeBron James made his return to the Lakers. He's been out since... Christmas Day. It took him a while to get back. And LeBron did what LeBron does. He came up one assist shy of a triple-double, finished with 24 points, 14 rebounds, 9 assists, and the Lakers beat the crosstown rival Clippers 123-120 to in overtime. So that was a big one there. Lakers are glad to have LeBron back. And then the Sixers, they spoiled the Warriors' 11-game win streak. A lot going on yesterday, man. Joel Embiid was a beast. He had a 20-20 game, 26 points, 20 rebounds. They beat the Golden State Warriors at Golden State, 113-104. to Klay Thompson was out due to illness in this one, and they missed him mightily. They struggled from three-point range. Steph did not. He had 41 on 10 threes, but the rest of the Warriors team was one of 20. One of 20 from three-point range. You're not winning games like that, so I don't know how you go one from 20, but they did. It does happen. And then this was some breaking news a little earlier today. The Bulls have waived Carmelo Anthony. Finally, we were waiting for this. I was wondering what was going down with this. So they have finally waived him. And this clears his opportunity now to sign. He's a free agent. He can sign with anybody. So I'm curious. I'm interested to see, will he now jump ship and go play with the Lakers? It's a very good possibility that he winds up in a Lakers uniform. But we'll have to wait and we will have to see. All right, that was a mouthful, but that does it for the NBA. And we will switch gears now and talk a little baseball. Not too much going on. Start with a guy by the name of Henry Mejia. He signed a minor league deal with the Red Sox this week. So a little bit about Mejia. He formerly closed for the Mets. He was the closer for the Mets. But he had not one, not two, but three failed tests for performance-enhancing drugs, for PEDs. He was faced with a uh, lifetime suspension by the MLB. Well, that lifetime suspension was lifted. I don't know why it's a lifetime suspension if you're going to lift it, but they reinstated him for the upcoming 2019 season. And on Tuesday, the Red Sox signed him to a minor league deal. He is just 29 years old, still very young. 
Of course, I said he played with the Mets. That's the last team he played with where he saved 28 games in 2014. The Red Sox, so if he makes it to the Major League roster, if he's good enough and he gets called up, he will get a sick uh he will get $625,000. So there you have that. And then the Astros, a team desperate in desperate desperate need of starting pitching, they went out and signed Wade Miley for on a one-year deal worth four and a half mil, including a 500k uh, incentive package. So I guess if he meets certain requirements, he will receive 500k in incentive bonuses. And so the Astros, like I said, they are in desperate need of pitching. They lost McCullers. He's going to be out the entire 2019 season due to Tommy John surgery. Of course, you know, Charlie Morton walked. He went to the Rays in free agency. And Keuchel is a free agent. And it's yet to be determined if he's going to re-sign or go elsewhere. A little bit about Miley. He's a lesser known, but he rose to prominence this postseason pitching for the Brewers. He's a lefty. He made 16 starts, 5 and 2, 2.57 ERA. So very that's solid. Um, and he should be a good good addition for low cost for the uh, Astros. And then Nolan Arenado, he agreed to a one-year $26 million deal in arbitration. He went in, asked for 30 from the Rockies. They countered with 24. Of course, they met in the middle at 26. Arenado is 27 years old and is easily one of the top five, six best players in baseball. And he'll now be back with the Rockies for at least one more year. And quick note on this, this $26 million is a record for one year for an arbitration-eligible player. So, damn. And then we're winding down here, about five, ten minutes left, guys. Switch gears to tennis real quick. Got to talk about the Australian Open just real quick. Uh, Novak Djokovic, the Joker, uh, he won his seventh Australian Open title. That's a lot. He beat Nadal in straight sets. Wiped the floor, wiped the court with him. Excuse me. This was Djokovic's fifteenth major win overall, which is a lot. He is really, there was Roger Federer, and now there's pretty much Djokovic and Nadal, but Nadal is always injured, so Djokovic has really been the top dog now in this sport for a while. And then on the women's side, you had Naomi Osaka winning for uh, the Australian Open for the women. She defeated Petra Kvitova. This is now back-to-back slam titles. She has now secured the world number one ranking, and at just 21 years old, she is just on the on the up and up and up and up, and she's about to pass Serena Williams. Well, she beat her in the last major, so she is the next big thing in women's tennis. So if you don't know who she is, check her out. Okay, and now something else I rarely talk about, UFC. Khabib and McGregor were both handed down suspensions and fined for their post-fight antics back at UFC 229. Khabib was fined $500,000. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that NBA players make a little bit more than these fighters. 
and he was fined 500k yet Anthony Davis was only fined 50,000 so don't you think there's something wrong with that I do I definitely do okay and then the uh McGregor he was uh excuse me sorry Khabib was also suspended for nine months for his antics of leaping out of the octagon after that fight it was just bonkers berserk if you didn't watch that pay-per-view it was wild I never seen really anything like it so for McGregor let's see he was suspended six months and fined 50k for his role which I really don't understand I didn't think McGregor did much um, a little more on Khabib, it could be reduced, his nine-month suspension can be reduced to six months if he creates an anti-bullying PSA, which I imagine that he will. So, basically, I said Khabib, he jumped out of the octagon and went after somebody, I, be- I think, from, um, from McGregor's camp. And then McGregor was pretty much attacked from behind by one of Khabib's boys, and all he did was defend himself. So I'm not really sure how McGregor gets suspended here. It's a little, it's a little perplexing. Now, Khabib, he did come out and speak about this, and he will never fight in the state of Nevada again, he said. He's he he and I quote, he said, I'm done. And after these suspensions were handed down, I mean that's 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 some strong words. Las Vegas is like the capital of the world here. Uh, I don't understand why you would not want to fight in Vegas again. You were totally in the wrong. It's not like they're doing you dirty by any means. So I don't know what this is about. That, but um, yeah, he don't don't expect to see Khabib fighting in Vegas ever again or anytime soon. A lot of times these athletes in the moment, they say that they're done. I'll never do this or I'll never do that. And yeah, it happens again. Look, guys, I'm retired. I'm done. I'm never coming back, right? I'm never coming back. Well, then they come out of retirement and they play again. Well, what the hell? You just said you weren't coming back. So that's that. Um, Nevada, they also in the UFC world, moving on, Nevada, the state of Nevada has granted John Jones one a one-fight license for March 2nd. Why is this uh, significant? Because this will allow him to defend his light heavyweight title against the one and only Anthony Smith in the main event of UFC 235 at T-Mobile Arena. Joe, uh, John Bones Jones has agreed to more enhanced testing, obviously, because he's always testing positive. This will include being tested at least twice in the 40 days which lead up to the fight and pro- yeah probably even more than that if i had to guess all righty so we'll switch gears and talk college football real quick just two key things to mention here university of missouri they got hit with a one year post season ban this is related to a former tutor who was completing academic coursework for about 12 student athletes, including multiple football players. One student, this tutor, completed an entire course. If you think this doesn't go on at pretty much every major college, you're, you're out of your mind. But to this extent, I don't know. Some, most, most of the time, they don't get caught. Of course, we had the thing with North Carolina quite a uh, few years ago. 
But um, yeah, so they, why is this significant though? Because the school must now vacate records in which those football players participated while ineligible. Scholarships will now be reduced by 5% for the upcoming academic year. The other programs that were involved in this would be the school's softball and baseball programs. And the biggest part of this is that Kelly Bryant, former Clemson quarterback, transferred into Missouri, and he was given approval to transfer now from Missouri because of this ban to any school and play immediately. He will not have to sit out a year. But Kelly Bryant said he does not want to leave and he is going to stay and play for Missouri. So there you have that. And then USC was out an offensive coordinator because Cliff Kingsbury left to go to take the head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals. So they needed a new offensive coordinator. That will now be 33-year-old former NFL quarterback Graham Harrell, former Texas Tech Red Raider, set all sorts of records when he was there. He was a uh, played in the NFL briefly as a backup, and I want to say he might have been um, Aaron Rodgers' backup for for a, a quick minute. Not quite sure there. Can't confirm that. But he has been the offensive coordinator at North Texas the past three years. And not many people pay attention to North Texas, but he's helped them to two to top excuse me, to two top twenty-five offenses in the last two years. So he will become the USC offense coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. Let's see if he can keep up the the big time offensive numbers in Trojan land. Okay, in Southern Cal. Okay, and we are at the end of the show. We will start with, uh, we'll finish up with On This Date in Sports, and we're talking February 1st, 1992. What happened on that date? Well, Barry Bonds signed the richest one year contract in Major League Baseball history. Want to know how much it was for, guys? $4.7 million. He re-signed for that one year to remain with the Pittsburgh Pirates. It was a good deal for the Pirates because Bonds was NL MVP that year and led the Pirates to the NL East crown. I just said that Nolan Arenado got $26 million for one year. And at the time, in 1992, I mean, Barry Bonds could only get $4.7 million. That is just mind-boggling how much the world has changed in that little amount of time. You know, it's ridiculous. 25 years or so, and, excuse me, 27 years, and it's gone from $4 million to over $25 million. So quite crazy the amount of money that they're throwing these players now. Okay. And then finally, lastly, uh, we have a couple of interesting sports games, a bunch of games on. We have the big one tonight. Now, I'm going to be posting this close to game time as it is, so I apologize. But tonight, we have the Rockets and Nuggets. That one's at 10 p.m. on ESPN. That's a big one. Harden seeking to extend his 30-point streak to 25 games. Denver has won four straight. 
They're t- they're unbelievable at home. The Nuggets, twenty two and four at home, and they're just one game. They sit one game only behind the top spot in the West, which is occupied by the Golden State Warriors, of course. So that looks to be a good game. There's a bunch of games going on right now, including the Celtics and Knicks, Heat and Thunder, Grizzlies, Hornets. We've got uh, Hawks, Jazz at 9 o'clock. That game should be underway soon. And then tomorrow, we've got some uh, games. We've got the number one seed Bucks. They're playing the Wizards tomorrow at 7. You've got a good one. Lakers, Warriors at 8.30 tomorrow. Pelicans, Spurs. Nuggets, Timberwolves. Rockets play again tomorrow. Okay. Um, and let me see if I'm missing anything. Uh, there's got, there's definitely some college basketball games on tonight, but really you guys, um, don't really care about that because obviously the big one is tune in Sunday, six o'clock ish for Super Bowl 53, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick versus Sean McVay, Jared Goff, the Rams and company. It's going to be a great Super Bowl. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be exciting. Make sure you get your bets in, whether you're on FanDuel or you go to DraftKings or you go in place to one of these sports books that are now in New Jersey because it is legal to bet on sports. Or if you want, head on over to bet.ag or mybookie.ag and you can place a bet there. Whatever you please, just place some bets and win some money. Okay, people? Because I'm going to do it. I plan on winning myself some money. With that being said, I want to wish everybody a happy, healthy, and safe weekend. Stay warm, everyone. It is frigid out there. It is ungodly temperatures. It is record-setting cold. And be careful not to breathe this into your lungs because it is very painful and it can cause damage. So please seek shelter and get inside and get into the warm weather and just enjoy your sports. It plans on being a gr- I plan on having a nice, slow, calm weekend house to myself, and I'm just going to watch my sports. Oh, and if you missed the Deion Sanders 30 for 30 last night, go catch that on ESPN Plus because it was awesome. And maybe... If you have ESPN Plus, this is a perfect weekend to throw on some of those old 30 for 30s. You can watch those, any of them on demand. They've got a slate of them, about 50 almost. So, um, yeah, it looks to be a great weekend. Super Bowl, here we go. Can't wait. I'll see everybody next week on the heels of Super Bowl 53. We'll talk the winner of that game. We'll talk about the legacy of Tom Brady what Jared Goff and Sean McVay and the Rams are going to do moving forward. I can't wait to see who wins this game. It's going to be a tightly close contested one. Go watch some Rockets Nuggets tonight and get ready for your Super Bowl, people. Peace out. I'm the Pody. You've been listening to episode 37 of This Week in Sports. I'll catch you guys next week.